Also, in case I'm wrong, cut all of this because I don't want to sound <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, though. Welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast, everyone. I'm Charlotte, joined as always by Pam and Salome. Hey, yo. As always. Pam is our resident wildlife expert, and <laughs> Salome and I are along for the ride. I was like, what are you going to say? You're always so, like, professional. I know. I, my time as a secretary, I guess, has yet to leave me. Yes. <laughs> I was kind um, of a secretary, too, but I don't think I was ever that happy or nice. I was nice. I am really good at customer service. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I like it, but I'm really, really good at it. (laughs) Mm. Good to know. Uh, What are you, what are you guys up to? Uh, Recording a podcast (laughs) with you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Nothing nothing else we're going about. We're just, we're talking about mm. your username. (laughs) I'm not drinking anything, but I made my water goal today. I drank an Olipop when we were recording the micro Bruin. I have one this time. The other night. I have a strawberry but. one this time. Cause you I'm have a strawberry? Cool. They're good. I don't know how much they actually support digestive health as the can suggests, but it tastes nice and it's like lower calorie. And it's not high in sugar. So I'm yeah. like, it's, it's a good sugar substitute. And it's got like a cool like flavor. I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, I like them. What a lot. are you drinking, Pam? Before you yell at us for oh yeah, I forgot I was you. supposed to ask. <laughs> hey, you. Pam. Um, I am drinking an IPA called Nature Calls. Ooh, <laughs> it's a mountain IPA by Ten Barrel Brewing. I like that name. That's funny. Before we get into our bear fact of the day, I have two things that I want to talk about. Um, first of all, we got an email from listener Paula with... We love you. We love Paula. She is so fucking awesome. I don't um, know but, Paula, but thank you, Paula. Uh, she sent us a picture of some wolf art that she did, which is like um, it's beads on canvas. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really a, pretty. It's a wolf howling at the moon. So very, you know, howling in front of the moon. Yes. We don't know if they're howling yes. at the moon. Thank since you. Wolves yes. don't do that. Yes. <laughs> it's howling with the moon behind it, which is very relevant to uh, last week's episode. So, yeah. So thank you for sending that over, Paula. Uh, that's very cute. And then it really made my day. It was like such a nice thing to get your email. Um, I have a very small surprise for Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I had to lie this to her. This bitch last made me night. wait. She made me wait uh, like three days, days and I'm not is? good with surprises. Charlotte, what is it? It's know. not that big of a deal. I actually did watch William. Oh, I'm going to make her surprise. <gasps> yeah, she's freaking the fuck out. You guys can't see it, but she's like losing her shit. She, like, stood, she literally stood and up out of her chair. And her whole face just turned into like a smile. I'm so happy. I Wait, did so did William. you understand? You understood my joke today. I did, but I had to pretend. And then like last night when you asked, I had to lie about it. Because I wanted to reveal it on the show. Where she understood it and she was just like, eh, I'm, I'm good. Yes, I did watch William this week, so get off my fucking case. <laughs> the best present ever. Yeah, I have a lot of things that uh, I want to talk to you about off off mic um, about it. 
Or we could do a movie review episode on Neanderthals on William. I knew, I knew that you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. So, yes, I did watch William, and I actually did enjoy it. Um, I told you it was so good! I hated the ending. It makes zero sense. But it's, I will yeah. tell you about that offline. The ending was weird. They just tacked that on, but it was weird. Pam, that was such a good surprise. <laughs> Wait, what's my surprise? We will get to your surprise after the bear fact of the day. Fine, okay. So I picked Jeez. this bear fact for you, Salome, mm-hmm. even though this is not your surprise. Um, newborn pandas are one of the smallest newborn mammals relative to the mother's size. They're they, tiny. They are one nine hundredth of the mom. <gasps> yes, they are born at about three and a half ounces, which the comparison. Like, you know how... Four ounces of... Is that what you're thinking of? Well, you know how... Yeah, you know how, like, we, we in America, like, we can't just have a general measurement. We have to say, like, oh, it takes 87 lingos. <laughs> yeah. How many... But across this building How many ounces does a football field weigh, or is that... <laughs> right? No, it's the size of a stick of butter. <laughs> a little, Literally. A little stick of butter-sized or half, baby wait, panda. but half of a filet mignon that is adorable that they're so tiny so half and a stick of butter size one Sh- stick of butter oh one stick of butter oh that's not that small just kidding that's <laughs> tiny to compare that black bear newborns are about eight ounces which is half a pound and so they're so full tiny. filet mignon yes and grizzlies are a pound so that is our bear fact of the day um, which brings us to our animal of the day, Charlotte. Can I have a drum roll, please? <laughs> nice. Giant pandas. Wait, is it animal of the day? Yes. Wait, we have an animal of the day? The animal we're going <laughs> to fucking talk about in the oh, episode. I thought we were talking about wolves. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I thought you were like... I thought you were just like, oh, now we have this thing. Okay, sweet. No, because that's awesome. Because remember, I wanted to have a bear in between wolf, more wolves. Yeah, you like your bears. So yes, it is. This is your surprise. This is your favorite bear and your self-described spirit animal. Yay! So we are going to talk about giant pandas today. I also am going extinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, also, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning, so I'm also trying not to. Holy shit! Okay, be doing this too late. Uh, email us at. Rate, <laughs> 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 review, subscribe. Bye. Oh my god, that made me laugh so hard. Um, yeah, so let's talk about pandas. I love pandas. I my now. Yeah, panda bros. My like niche or whatever is North American wildlife, right? So I don't know a lot about a lot of the other wildlife throughout the North world. North American mammals. So I learned so much. I love doing some of these deep dives about animals that I don't know a ton about. So as we talked about before, um, it used to be thought that pandas weren't actual bears and that they were like closer related to raccoons and red pandas, which they do share a common ancestor with an- ancestor, 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 with like herstory, <laughs> ancestor. Um, I feel like I heard that from someone as a kid, like. They're not the same as like they're like koalas. 
So, at, okay, so when I was a kid, um, common thought was that they were not a bear. Although it was... Pam, um, yeah. it How old was 40? <laughs> like, this is fairly <laughs> recent. Well, it was in the 70s that they... So they did, like, genome mapping, and they did mitochondrial DNA analysis, which is bits of DNA left over from the mom's side, right? Um <clears throat> Right. And that has shown that they, in fact, are in the Ursidae family. Wait, but you were born after that. So was it just not, like, widely Exactly. Known? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, they are the oldest bear. So they diverged about 19 million years ago. And they're referred to as a living fossil, which to me is a bit offensive. But That's okay. So yeah. That's but what I'd use thankfully, for... Thankfully, they don't know English, right? It's rude. Yeah, that's rude. Living fossil just seems kind of obnoxious. Who came up with that? But but if you think about it, right, like we we look at like alligators and stuff as like living dinosaurs. So it's really yeah, no less different. offensive than a fossil though. But they have thicker skin. But um <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get that that was a joke for a second. Until you went, but Oh my god. I'm here all night, folks. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the pandas, as we know them today, though, have been around for about three million years, but they're actually not that different from their ancestors. And their ancestors were actually smaller. There was a pygmy panda, like a small one. So pandas have actually grown. Oh, my God. Um, so they are the farthest related bear species from the other seven living today. And actually, I wanted to show you guys. Wait. Wait, so... Red pandas are red pandas and raccoon. Oh my god, this is so cool! Thank you for this because I get so confused with these. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they are related. They have a common ancestor here that they split off from, raccoons and red pandas, and then Ursidae. Right. Uh huh. And then we have several. Each of these is its own species. So, giant pandas are the furthest. Can they have babies? None of okay. The- the that only thing on this whole chart that can have babies are Is that what and the colors. question was? Yes, I should have known. Wait, a grizzly and a polar couldn't have a baby? No, they can. They're the only ones on this chart that can have a baby together. A grizzly and a brown? A brown bear and a polar bear are the only ones on this chart that can have babies. You know I need to know about a hybridization, so. <laughs> I will post that phylogenetic tree as well so our listeners can see how how distant they really are and it's not just in it's not just in speciation right how far away they are but time right these numbers on the side are millions of years so they split off into their own a, like a about long 20 million time ago. years ago wow so we talked about baby pandas in our bear fact of the day, but adult pandas grow to be about the same size as an American black bear. So if they're standing on all fours, they're only about three feet tall at the shoulder and anywhere from like 150 to 350 pounds. Wait, which is crazy I weigh more than a panda. Babies are that small. 
Um, a small panda. Wait, um, did they, maybe you're going to talk about, you're probably going to talk about this later, but do they pose any threat to humans? Like, is there any danger, like, interacting with them? Obviously, we don't want to really interact with wildlife all the time, because that's just for several reasons wrong. But, like, are they, like, a physical danger to us? No. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. Um, a lot of it has to do with uh, their diets and their habitats and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you walk into a panda exhibit, yeah, you could get fucked up pretty bad. Like, they can be just as dangerous as any other bear. They just typically aren't. And, th- and that's for a couple different reasons. Um, which will seem that delicious to them. Not that yeah. that's why other bears, but... Uh, so one thing that I do want to talk about is their colors. Cause obviously they're that very distinct, like black and white. Right. And there's a couple different hypotheses on why they might be black and white, but my favorite one is, Oh, maybe my second favorite one. But the one that to me seems most plausible is that, um, the black helps absorb the light and the heat and the white reflects it. So it allows them to better regulate their temperature. Hmm. That makes sense. I feel like in some ways it does. And then I'm also like, it seems kind of random to be that, but I'm also, again, not a scientist. Well, What's and it's worth mentioning theory? that that is just a hypothesis, right? It's not a theory. It's just a hypothesis. So the another one that might actually be my favorite is that the color patterns uh, actually help them recognize each other from a distance so that they can <gasps> avoid socializing. <laughs> they do not oh want God. to socialize. I love that so much more. <laughs> right? They're like, oh, I know you. It's like it's like when I go back to my hometown and yeah. I'm like walking around and the you have grocery to go store to the grocery and I'm like, store. yes. <laughs> yes. Turn it's this always, way quick. It's always the fucking I moved back to my hometown people, and I get grocery delivery for that reason. I just, who knew? Yes. I just needed to be a panda. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, man. Yes. I'm, I relate so much to pandas. Yeah, I know. They pandas are fucking that. rad. They're definitely solitary animals, even more so than the other bears we've talked about. But <laughs> I thought it was a beast so they could recognize each other so they know that like they're not a threat to you know, oh it's just another panda, but it's oh it's another panda. Bye. They like hold up a big bamboo like stalk or something. That's a walking piece like, of bamboo. That's so weird. Well, they're not yeah, they're not good at hide and seek, but <laughs> That's so, as we know, pandas have, you know, there's, I, I don't know about you guys, but my entire life, there has been this focus on pandas. And mm-hmm. not like within my life directly, but from <gasps> as long as I can remember. Uh, what's the term? Yeah, something a flag. Go for it. Do you remember what uh, it is? Something, it's something, isn't it something about a flag? Do you remember Charlotte? It's like the, like, um. That's another example of it. I'm trying to think. I feel like at times they are considered a certain type of species, and it's like keystone keystone. or whatever. But it's not keystone. It's not. But it's like the the one that like (laughs) something. It's something. I keep trying to say flagship, but that's not. It it, is is flagship. (laughs) Is it? Ah, I should have gone with my my gut on that one. Sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're a flagship species, right? Like my whole life, uh, like 
some of the first things that I can remember about animal conservation has been pandas. Yeah, because they're fucking cute. Everyone knows what a panda is. They're like you guys know the World Wildlife the World Wildlife Fund. I think it is. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Pandas the are like in their logo. Yeah, we're gonna talk about them in a little bit oh. as well. You're yeah, you're on it, Sorry. man. You should yeah, no, just take over. Go ahead. Uh, so pandas, <laughs> pretty damn cool, guys. Yeah. So, and one reason why it's been so big since you know I was a kid is this stuff started in the late seventies and eighties, uh, and so you know, and I was born in the early eighties, so it's been this hu- just huge thing in my life, which is a travesty that I didn't know more about them before. Right? I'm disappointed but, in you. Yeah. Well, you should be. I mean, that's yeah. fair. I'm more so, than usual. Just I say, I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> so they were actually once pretty widespread throughout like Eastern and Southern China and even in uh, Myanmar and Vietnam. So not just oh. China. Um, now in the wild, they are found in only about 20 isolated patches of bamboo forests within six mountain ranges in China. And Charlotte, hold your thought because I'm going to get to it. I know okay. what you're thinking. Um, I'm yeah, so in about 20 isolated patches of bamboo Wait, forests. Is it, can bamboo and pandas have babies together? <laughs> is that what it is? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Pandas prefer like temperate forests and mountainous regions. And they used to actually be in a lot of lowland areas as well. But as usual, human expansion basically drove them out of that. So now they're kind of relegated to the mountains. Um, Mm -hmm. We will talk more about their population numbers when we get to threats, but there's actually a little under 2,000 pandas in the wild now. So a huge jump from before, and all of them are in China. And Charlotte, you have, tell us about your panda experience. I've been to panda's hometown. (laughs) That's what they call it. Uh, Chengdu is where pandas are from historically. Um, and so they have a big, uh, big, huge panda sanctuary, um, where they do like research and have lots of panda babies. And it was just really cool. It was 10 years ago. So actually more than 10 years ago at this point. So I don't remember like, they were still considered endangered, but it was, yeah, it was really cool. Um, and like, I very vividly remember seeing a red panda, um, out outside in the, but but oh, we're talking about giant pandas. Too? They have all the pandas. <laughs> it's like a really so great cute. like facility. Um, so yeah, if you're ever in Chengdu, that's where the pandas come from. And I got lots of like panda uh, uh, souvenirs because duh. And uh, yeah, go to the panda sanctuary in Chengdu because it's really cool. I'm, that's so cool. You got to go to a panda that sanctuary really in cool. China. It was pretty cool. It was pretty fucking so cool. So unlike other bears, they actually have pretty small ranges. So if you guys remember, bear, like North American bears can have up to like a thousand mile range um, between yes. black bears, polar bears, and grizzlies. Most pandas' ranges are about one to three square miles. I'm such a panda. I identify so much <laughs> with these lazy ass bears. Yeah. Way to go. Also, like, I feel like uh, like eating less calorically dense stuff, they don't have the energy yeah. to go a thousand miles. You're not wrong. And and that's the reason behind a lot of different things. And and 
and we'll talk about it more, but one of them is why they're not much of a danger. Like they just don't do a lot. They're pretty sedentary. Uh, And you guys, am I a panda scientist? (laughs) No, you're just a panda full stop. Um, they don't have a lot of visual communications. Like, you know how when we were talking about like bear safety and stuff and how nowadays there's so much more research and you can, you know, with grizzly bears or black bears in particular, like you can tell a lot about what they're feeling based on how they're acting. Not the case with pandas. So they don't have a lot of like markers because they're so solitary and their dense forest habitats basically mean they don't have a lot of visual contact with other pandas anyway because of how the bamboo forests are. Yeah. And so even though their ranges tend to overlap, they like actively avoid each other. But I love that. Their faces. I know their faces don't change expression very much. Um, They have very nubby little tails that don't really move around. They can't raise the hair on like their neck and back, which is called pilo erection. I can't do that either. So, yeah. And their ears are also not flexible enough to like lay flat or move forward. Like a lot of times you can tell how like an animal's ears are one of the ways you can clue in yeah, to like their cats, mood. Foxes, dogs. Moose, yeah. yeah all sorts. Yep. Moose too. Oh yeah, they'll they'll lay those ears flat. So they they can use like vocalizations to convey their moods, but even that's mostly during mating season. They rely on their sense of smell to avoid each other. Uh, <laughs> as well as find each other during the mating season, which is March to May. But they don't mate that much, right? They don't have sex that much. Absolutely. Um, to your point, the and this is one reason why, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about threats and, and kind of the worldwide um, movement to save the panda, but their reproduction is, is very specific. Their diet just doesn't allow for a lot of energy, not only to move around and find each other, but let alone to actually fuck. Like same, they just don't have the energy for it. I can relate. Is this staying in? Yes, this is staying in. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, Yeah, no, I remember hearing about that. Scientists were like trying to figure out how, like, this was like 15 years ago. I heard it on the radio or something. They were trying to figure out how to like find panda aphrodisiacs or something because they couldn't figure out how to get them to fuck. They used to play panda porn to pandas. <laughs> oh my god! I'm okay, sorry. I feel ill. All right, let's let's continue. <laughs> um, so another problem with reproduction is they're only they're only let's talk about their butts. What's what's up oh. with panda butts? I don't want to talk about reproduction. I actually don't have anything about their butts on on this episode. I wonder if they so have a, no. Do fertile? they hibernate? No, no, they don't hibernate because they have food year so They don't have the butt plug. The oh, fe- no, they don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to we. I did. Didn't I turn to, green. I, I feel was not green. going to talk about butts at all in this episode. <laughs> I just was saying I want to talk about anything but the panda porn. Okay, so they're only fertile for a couple days, which most wildlife is, right? But the big difference is when you have other bear species or even like elk or moose or whatever, they're kind of courting each other for weeks usually and staying in very close proximity to each other. So as soon as the female goes into to eustress, 
the male is right there. So he can just, yeah. you know, do his thing. But in this case of pandas, they just don't want to be around each other so much that they're usually not in close proximity when that starts, right? Like you would see with other animals. It is insane that they are the most ancient bear and yet they hate fucking so much. I know. They have been around for so long. They survived. <laughs> so let's talk about cubs. Is that going to make you smile? Like a panda tinder. We're yeah. going to go for cubs yes. now. Thank you. Um, so cubs are born in August and September. And they usually have one or two, but the um, the mortality rate is about 50%. So usually only one survives. Jesus and like other bears, they stay with the sow anywhere from one and a half to three years. Um, so, you know, that's pretty typical. There have been a few times where people have witnessed a boar trying to kill cubs, but it's not its not something that they do on a regular basis like, like grizzly bears might do or even, you know, not even close. And, and there's a few reasons why. So, A, they are so solitary and they're pretty fucking lazy. Like, pretty fucking lazy. uh, I'm too lazy to fuck. That means I'm too lazy to murder you. (laughs) Yeah, they just don't have the energy. That's so. It does happen, but not on the scale that we see it with North American bears. What? I guess their food source would have gone different in evolution for them to, like, evolve this way. I swear to Um, God, are you... But it's... What? Did you, like, hack into my computer and look at what I'm going to talk about next? <laughs> That's like, why she's like, there's this is over. Uh, although, it, I guess it is on the notes outline. But Oh, yeah, I'm not so, looking at that. I just came up. We just have very oh, synced She's just brains. a genius. She just is, like, mm, on it today. Debatable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so that actually brings up a really good point about their diets. So modern pandas eat bamboo almost exclusively. Although we talked about this before, sometimes they'll eat like insects or some different types of grasses and bulbs and fruit. And they will eat about 25 to 100 pounds of bamboo a day. Well, that's not hard because bamboo grows like insanity. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you guys remember a few weeks ago when Salome told us that bear fact of the day about that little thumb-like protrusion? Yes. In their front paws. Yes. That do you re- do you remember what it was for? No. Salome, do you remember what it was for? Your bear fact of the day. It's for holding bamboo and eating. It is bamboo. for holding bamboo. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and and I bring it up because. It that little protrusion, like thumb like digit, I guess, that started to evolve about six million years ago in one of their ancestors when they oh, first wild. started shifting their diet to bamboo. They didn't used to eat almost exclusively bamboo. So one of the reasons they made that shift to more bamboo is that year round availability. Um, but their ancestors ate meat and some cool shit about like their physiology is so even though their teeth are better at like grinding plant material they have the really large flat molars and strong jaws their digestive system still matches that of a carnivore not just an omnivore that's carnivore. wild 
Yes. And so what that means for pandas is that the enzymes that they produce are really specialized for meat digestion. They cannot digest plant cellulose. And so and yet they well, maybe that's why they're so lazy because they're getting such bad nutrition. Well, <laughs> much fiber, not enough calories. Yeah. Well, they are able to get it. So their digestive system also isn't long enough to like ferment the bamboo because if, mm-hmm. if their digestive system is long enough and it sits in there for a certain amount of time, it ferments and it, they can then get the nutrients from it. But mm-hmm. so what they do is they kind of rely on like a gut microbiome that's super specialized and actually not very diverse like other mammals. And so it's that bacteria in the gut that breaks down the bamboo and lets their body obtain the nutrition. The more you tell us about these pandas, the more I'm like, it is a miracle they survived 30 million years. How yes. the fuck did that Who happen? Who designed these? Whose like, idea was it? They're adorable. They're amazing. Like, but like, could they have like done a little more research and maybe prepared them better for... I'm like, how did they not go extinct? Yeah. Like, I don't want them to. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't understand. That's amazing. <laughs> it's that symbiotic relationship with the bacteria. I mean, we all yeah. have... a We have more bacteria in our bodies than, than cells, right? But like... Yeah. And, and mm. all of it has a different purpose. In this case, it's, it's pretty specialized. And another thing that's really cool, because I was reading a study about this, there, that biome actually changes based on the abundance of bamboo. So if there's a shitload of bamboo around, it actually allows them to store more fat. So they're actually getting more from it and able to store it as fat reserves while it's really abundant to prepare for times when it isn't that abundant. sort of like fat bear week a little bit kind of um <laughs> in this case though it's more about you know ebb and flow of resources versus right. hibernation but a lot of the same and and this they're not necessarily eating more bamboo um they're able to get more from it oh versus okay. fat okay. bears are eating a lot more right okay yeah so they <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit of a wonder that they're, you know, still they around sound for them. Really Very not glad. adaptable. Yeah. How come Neanderthals died out when they were so not adaptable, but Pandas <laughs> I survived? Hoping, I think Pam is they're even less adaptable. Decision to watch the movie. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit of. Um, I did that on purpose. You're welcome panda physiology because i just i saw those things and i was like that is fucking cool like that is so one reason why they might have been able to be around for so long is they have no natural predators none which is another reason why they can be so slow uh and the closest thing they have is just like other pandas avoiding them right like themselves they are their own predators would humans be a we don't really eat panda meat though but we're just assholes. Like, even if we don't have a reason to eat, like, a reason to kill them, humans at some point. Yeah. I mean, will, do humans right? kill them? Like, I know they they don't now. Like, if you go to China, I haven't so, heard of such a thing, but. I want to talk about that in just a sec. So hold that thought, because uh, I want to talk about things that the Chinese government has done to help with recovery. And that kind of plays in. But. There's not a lot of like poaching and stuff like that. So their biggest threat is habitat destruction and fragmentation. 
Which is still humans, but not like aggressive. Right. Humans. But we're not out shooting them, right? Like right. some people one, are. But- oh my God. One species that humans aren't like, let's shoot it. The only species we're not <laughs> trying yeah. to kill off. Oh no. Human, humans do like to shoot it, but uh, the Chinese government has, has really done a lot to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we don't have a lot of numbers on pandas before the official counts that were done in the seventies, but it is, uh, basically known that there were a little over 3000 in the wild. So still not that many. No, uh, if you think more than I thought, but not many. Yeah. That was a little less than I thought. Although again, we don't have any, any even estimated numbers before that so who knows what it was like in you know the 1400s right i mean who knows but before people started really getting involved there's about three thousand um they got down to about a thousand wild ones in the 80s and that doesn't seem that low based on other animals that we've covered like bison and grizzlies and stuff but because it's pretty low when you don't fuck Exactly. Uh, Yeah, the slow and like specific reproduction requirements and that habitat fragmentation. Governments and nonprofits realized pretty quickly that action needed to be taken to prevent it from getting down to, you know, 40 or 60 or whatever um, and, and, and to help with that. So the IUCN, which is the International Union for Conservation of Nature, um, they are they they added pandas to the red list for endangered species, which is like an international version of the endangered species list. So the endangered species act and list is America only. Right. Um, Although some of the, some of the caveats and laws we've worked with foreign governments on um, regarding importing and shit like that. But so the IUCN put them on the red list for endangered species in 1990, But the Chinese government actually started working on their recovery in the early 80s. Um, They started like making laws and and very strictly enforcing them. And there's a lot you can say about the Chinese government, but they care about their pandas. They care about they fucking care about their pandas. Which is, yes. you know, great. <laughs> they did they did rent them out to other countries, not for species survival, but for money. But that's okay, because it Man. helped with species survival. I was going to say, that helps, that like, that helps with yeah. awareness. It helps build passion in younger people. And the money helps um, fund conservation. So, yeah, I have no issues with that. I don't either, especially because the pandas, I mean, there were, you know, there's a couple stories of some pandas where people thought, oh, the mom abandoned them. But apparently um, they will leave the babies for like up to two days when they're out feeding. God, pandas um, really hate so each other. People, <laughs> so there was some <laughs> people fine. saying, oh, they're abandoned. We got to take them. So there were definitely wild pandas, you know taken that should not have been taken but for the most part even the pandas that were rented out were you know living um like a captive in in captivity anyway right like in Um, zoos and stuff yeah so um in the early 80s the chinese government um basically they made some laws that protected pandas themselves and their habitats so they banned all logging in panda habitats and they really cracked down on poaching and trading of panda parts um one farmer actually got sentenced to life in prison for shooting one 
that was on his farm. That honestly, that should be. I know that this is me being like the extreme side or whatever, but I feel like that should be like, you're taking a life, you know, like that you shouldn't, you should yeah. have serious consequences for that. Not just like, yeah, Oh, pay us I, like a hundred dollar fine or whatever. Yeah, definitely more than a fine. I can't say I'm against that. I mean, I, I mean, know, especially for life when that might be a little excessive species. But, like, yeah, I don't know the circumstances around it. So yeah. it's hard to weigh in, but they also set asshole. aside, <laughs> they also set aside, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They also set aside all these preserves in the mountain ranges. So China has almost 70 different panda preserves and they have partnered with World Wildlife Fund, which you mentioned earlier. The panda <laughs> is their logo. Salome mentioned that earlier. If you donate to them, they give you a tote bag sometimes with the logo. I haven't and gotten stamps. one, but the number of address yeah. labels we have. <laughs> Aww, Hell yeah, little pandas. Awesome. But yeah, so what they do together is they actually help like create and protect uh, bamboo forest corridors, right? And we've talked a lot about like wildlife corridors throughout the show of they need to be able to spread that genetic diversity. They need to be able to, you know, um, move freely throughout different habitat zones and different kind of population areas. And so they're really working to help with those corridors so that the pandas can very slowly uh, move between them. <laughs> I was picturing like extreme makeover panda edition or something. And then in 2016, uh, Salome, you asked this earlier and I just completely steamrolled it, but the IUCN downgraded them from endangered to vulnerable. Mm. Um, now China, a uh, China state forestry administration said they weren't ready to be removed as endangered. They were really worried that taking that, taking them down to vulnerable would kind of undo a lot of the work that had been done. But in 2021, um, that state forestry administration in China officially announced that they themselves were no longer considering pandas endangered. That's so, so cool. They are no longer endangered. It's amazing. Uh, like I said, there's a little over 2000 in the wild. Um, and that vulnerable status is the third of seven like tiers on that red list. So there's least concern, there's not threatened and then vulnerable. So that vulnerable status, it doesn't afford as much as the endangered status, but it, it does allow for governments to say, okay, we're, these are dropping here or raising here. And, and it gives them, it gives more eyes on it. And it gives a lot more weight to every type of population shift we see. Whereas, like, if 5,000 ravens died tomorrow, that would be awful. But it wouldn't impact ravens, like, at all. Right. Because right? there's just a fuck ton of them. So that's it's it's still helpful pol politically it's not really politically but you know legally Government that they're wise. considered vulnerable but yeah pandas are no longer endangered which is that's like awesome a huge win for the fucking world i feel yeah. like yeah and it's also like why can't we do that yeah they did do this right and and they did allow very early on for like world wildlife fund and also some western scientists to come in and do a bunch of counts and do a lot of shit on the ground in these mountain ranges so you know good on them for that because we know how secretive you know how much they they don't want people in their shit so 
Okay. So there's a ton of cool things about pandas that we don't really have time to cover. Like, um, they, they, so at like these panda nurseries, um, I'm sure you guys have seen videos, but the workers actually dress up like pandas to bottle feed them and stuff. Or the baby so pandas that, like, get the fuck away. I don't want to be around <laughs> They yeah, they're like, they would pandas. rather have a human. Yeah. Yeah. If it's causing more problems, then it's helping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, we could go all into the thing about them leasing out to other countries. Like, there's so much about Enough pandas. for another episode? I mean, yeah, at some point. We got quite a long list, though. Uh, but I do want to quote something. So um, I will link it, but it is from the Pandas International website. And I love this quote because I think it could change the way that we look at endangered species and maybe give a little bit of hope when normally we'll hear like, oh, this species is now endangered or whatever. It kind of makes us go, fuck, more of them. Like we're fuck, you know, it kind of makes us sad. But um, like there's no way back. Yeah. But their kind of tagline is endangered means we have time. Extinction is forever. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love it. It really hit me. It really hit me as like, okay, this means we know it's a problem and and we have hope. Like, and we're taking steps to address it. it. Exactly. I just loved that quote. It's too bad the Neanderthals didn't have anyone to advocate for them that way. I don't think we would have it. I'm going like, to. You know what? Solomon, when can you record next? We're not inviting Charlotte. Charlotte, you're going to say when can you watch the movie? And I was like. No, Charlotte's out. Uh, I want to thank Charlotte for joining us for the last few months. This will be her last episode. Charlotte, you can email us. Pam said we could do an episode on the other falls. I did not say that. Yes, you did. I did not. Absolutely did not. Um, If we do an episode on the other falls. They are not a living North American mammal. Well, neither is the giant panda. Yes, they are. They're not North American. Oh, they're not North American, but they're not. But they're Salome's favorite. I wanted to make sure we all covered our favorite. Well, bears. the Andersons are my favorite. <laughs> it's bears and brews, not types of human. I right. won't um, mention the Andersons for five whole episodes if we can do an episode on them. Can I give you a micro Bruin? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, I wanted to end with that with that saying. So endangered means we have time, and and grizzly bears and panda bear, like giant pandas, these they're great examples of yeah. you know species that have kind of come from the brink, and bison as well, uh, to where if we take action, they can still be on the landscape. Uh, and I always feel more human when yeah more wildlife is on the landscape. You know. You know humans like i always say we're no different than any other mammal we are like we should not be driving other mammals to extinction and uh and that makes me feel more connected and hopeful absolutely more connected to this giant ecosystem we're a part of and we get to be a part of and isn't that a privilege so let's take care of it say that again salome because it was funny Oh, sorry. What did I say? That we can all relate. Oh, to we can all relate to them. Yes. I mean, also there's that. times that, like, Pandas. in the past, you know, going into work and it's like, oh, fuck, people. You know, you just see someone, yeah. you just turn around. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to do that. If anybody ever makes a drinking eat. game for the show, please drink when Charlotte says that humans <laughs> are just like other mammals, <laughs> or asks about hybridization, or yes. yeah, if they can make. <laughs> 
And then also something about Neanderthals. If they can <laughs> eat, or when I steamroll, or when Salome says, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Do I just say that a lot? If anyone made a drinking game from the show, they would be dead. Do I just um, say that all the time? If so as has- a lawyer, we are not liable if you make a drinking game out of the show. No, but if you have, please share it, because I drink throughout this whole show, and I would love to have more reasons to do so. <laughs> oh, it would be fun to record a show of us all playing one. the drinking game. Yeah, but we yeah, should do that, that show in person. Speaking of games, let's play our ceiling game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with Salome because I know she's you know. not. You know what I mean? Would you rather have... I do love wolves. Wolves or pandas. A wolf or a panda come crashing through your ceiling. Also, real quick, the Shrimp Lake Pack only has seven. I think I said eight. On the last episode, I just yeah, well, I was, so was going to fact check really the shit out of that. I'm very sorry for that. Um, so I checked would you their rather Facebook have a wolf page. or a panda somewhere. fall through your ceiling while you're watching Parks and Rec? <laughs> Specifically, uh, Parks and Rec, or The Good Place, or The Office, or we're talking about The Good Parks Place. Parks and Rec has to be Parks and Rec. Okay. <laughs> I was like, nope, mm-hmm. that's where I put my foot down. I will factor that into my answer. So. This is this is actually hard because I do love wolves, but I feel like I got a chance with wolves last time. So I'm seeing it as because I picked them last time, I was able to hang out with them. So I'll yep. pick pandas this time. Logical. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, what about you, Charlotte? Game. That is literally my answer. Also, hmm. I feel like pandas would be too lazy to fuck with me as opposed to wolves. Like, I mean, not that they're skittish too, right? But like pandas literally just want to sit there and wolves don't just want to sit there so you could get you're more likely to get hurt with a wolf or have your tv show interrupted yeah with yeah, a panda just it's just going to crash through the ceiling and it's going to oh be like gosh. hey can i have a beer imagine like um i don't know you know like if you cuddle somebody and you get to like lean against them imagine yeah. that but it's like a panda Oh my gosh, that's what, okay, I was going to literally wouldn't move, because it's so lazy. I was going to pick wolves, but now I'm picking pandas for both, because Salome, the leaning thing, and then Charlotte, the beer thing. Can you imagine a panda (laughs) sitting in the recliner next to me having a fucking beer? Did you just auto- The panda will crash through the ceiling onto the couch. You'll be sitting on the couch watching TV, and the panda will look over and be like, hey, can I have one of those beers too? Wait, you just copied the thing that Pam said about coyotes, though. This is a show it came about from my brain. This show <laughs> is, you know, drinking is a part of this show. So any animal totally that crashes through the, the ceiling part. and wants to wear a fedora and drink a beer <laughs> is more than happy to. I don't think a panda would wear a fedora, though. Maybe a sweater. I could totally see a panda oh, in a fedora. Oh, my God, a sweater? A Christmas I'm, sweater. Yeah, I'm going to pick a panda. Yeah, I'm picking a panda also because I saw wolves last weekend twice. Yeah, that's not, how I feel. I've seen wolves. Brag, but I mean, I've seen pandas. Oh, you too. know what? I saw pandas multiple times this month. So, you know. Okay. I saw pictures on my phone. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> you saw the pictures that Charlotte sent multiple yeah. times. <laughs> all right, awesome. So we're all going panda. Yeah. Once Pammy the panda, panda picks the panda. Yeah. Shocker. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been such a bitch to you this episode. It's okay because you know what? Sometimes Salome's a bitch to me. Sometimes I'm a bitch to everybody. I love when we're bitches to each other. That's how we express our love. All right. Uh, okay. Email us at bearsandbruisepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget 
to find us on Instagram and Facebook as Bears and Brews Podcast and give us a follow or a like, depending on which platform you're on. Yeah. And share our posts, um, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And thank you to Christian Mills for our good music. And we will be back with more wolves next week. Woo! Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.